Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Every week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, ordinary people just like you and me. Did you know that Calvary Church has a preschool that meets and operates right in our building? CPS, as we call it for short, has been serving countless families in our community for 50 years. This is such a huge milestone, and while CPS has already begun celebrating, we thought that there would be such value in publicly celebrating God's faithfulness to this important ministry. So today I'm joined by Calvary Preschool's current director, Susan Hickson, and one of the former directors, Jody Williams, who's also one of Calvary's global partners. They're here to help us understand the history and purpose of the preschool, but more importantly, they're sharing stories of how God has worked mightily in using CPS to extend the gospel within our local community. Whether you had a child or grandchild go through CPS, or maybe even you yourself, or you're hearing about it for the first time, I think you're gonna be really encouraged by this conversation. So let's jump right in. Well, Susan and Jody, welcome to Pursuing Life. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. Today we're gonna to be talking about the story of Calvary Preschool, which I'm so excited to be able to chat about. And there may be some people listening going, wait a second, we have a preschool? <laughs> so this is gonna be all new to some people. And then there may be others who are saying like, yeah, my child went to CPS or I have a grandchild who went there or I went there. And so this is going to bring back a lot of memories for some as well. But before we jump in, can you explain who you are and what your connection is with Calvary Preschool? Yes, my name is Susan Hickson. I'm the current director at Calvary Preschool, and I started as an aide at the preschool many years ago with my son there and then worked my way up and now I'm the director. Nice. And how long have you been the director? Six years, I okay. believe. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you have a long connection, though, beyond yes. that, which yes. is really cool. Yeah. And Jody, what about you? Uh, my name is Jody Williams, and I am one of the former directors of the preschool. Like Susan, I started as an aide uh, my first year out of high school, and through the years then progressed to be a teacher, teacher director, and then the director and I was here for 22 years. Wow. 17 of them were as the director. Wow. So right out of high school, you <laughs> jumped right in. Yep. What was sort of the draw for you to be working with Calvary Preschool? Well, for me, my youngest son went there. I loved it from the time he started there. I loved the staff and loved Jody. And then they were looking for an aide. So I stepped in as an aide at that point and just loved it. Then I became a sub and would move move around to different classrooms and got to know the other staff and just enjoyed it very much. And then an opening came up in the office and that is when I started in the office. Okay, cool. Jody, what about you? Well, right out of high school, it was just a job. 
Um, but I realized I wanted to be more than just an aide. I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. So I went to LBC. And then when our daughter was starting preschool, and I was on the committee, the preschool committee at the time. Okay. And Judy Naga, who was the director at the time, called me and said, we need a teacher to start right away. The teacher had suddenly gotten a new job, mm. and so they needed somebody to start right away. So I asked her, well, what's it all about? So I started with my daughter as the teacher, and then between babies, I kept coming back until Shannon then was uh, three years old, and she was ready to start, and they needed a director. And I said, I'll direct. And that was it. Yeah. So then... 22 years. 22 years. Stuck around, which is awesome. Yep. But this year, we're celebrating 50 years of Calvary Preschool. So there was a longevity even before you were both involved. So let's go back to the beginning. How was it that CPS came about? When was it that Calvary decided we want to start a preschool here in our church? Uh, The preschool, it was Calvary Nursery School back then, Mm -hmm. was the vision of Bob Reed. He was the new youth pastor here at Calvary Church. He did a little research because back then youth meant just about any age. Mm. And so he did research into preschools and uh, nursery schools at the time and said, I think this would be a good idea. He presented it to the board and they said, well, let's try it. And his wife, Darce, was the first director. And they had two classes. They had a two-day and a three-day class. And uh, it just continued to go. My sister, Linda, was the second director. And it was starting to grow a little bit. When I came back as a teacher with Judy Noggle, there were 24 students. And we split the class into two. And so we each had 12 students. But little by little, it just started to grow and this was in the old building on Espenshade Road. And it just started to grow little bit by little bit. But it was still this quiet little thing that happened in the basement mm. and that a lot of people didn't even know about. Yeah. And so we had three classrooms down there then. And one of them was an afternoon class. Okay. So just gradually, little bit by little bit downstairs until we moved to this building and then things changed after we moved here. Yeah. What were the age ranges of those original classes? Three and four. Three and four. Just three and four. Okay. How popular was nursery school back then? Was that like a thing or was it just starting to kind of become something that was a need for kids? I think it was a pretty new thing. Okay. And Bob uh, Reed's research, you know, he had all these statistics about mm. the percentage of kids that went to preschool and the percentage of kids that didn't. But I think it was a pretty new thing back then. And it was a nursery school. So it kind of had a different feel just because of the name nursery right. versus preschool. Right. Which gave it a little bit more emphasis, maybe a little mm-hmm. more academic standing because yeah. of just changing the name. Yeah. So if I'm understanding you right, nursery school kind of has a little bit more of a daycare feel mm-hmm. to it, whereas preschool is more the more academic side. Right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I feel like it was optional too. To I mean, I mean, okay. I I was I'm I'm 52, so I remember my mom sent me for one year. It wasn't something that was needed as much because there were more moms staying at home at that yeah, time. So. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So Calvary was kind of on the forefront of the beginning of what is now kind of a norm mm-hmm. in our culture and society. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. How do you even go about creating a preschool? <laughs> you know, like at the very beginning, I'm sure that was so daunting to think about how do we 
hire the right people? How do we have the right teachers involved? Is there a curriculum? Do we have the right spaces? Like what all goes into creating a preschool? Well, here at Calvary, they started with a preschool committee. And a lot of the people on the committee were in some aspect of education. Okay. And it was advertised. I know it's advertised through the church. I don't know what other publicity they may have done, but I do know it was advertised through the church. They wanted it, even from the very beginning, to be an outreach. Mm. And so that was part of the core of what they did. Okay. It was like a 40-60, so 40% of the kids were not to be from the church. And back then, they had to apply And then the committee accepted the children. You know, they would fill out all of the application the parents would, and they'd submit it, and then they were accepted as a student into Mm -hmm. the school. So it's a little bit more formal in that way. They found women that had been in education but were taking a break because they had their own children at home. And so it was a part-time job that they could do with their own children. Yeah. You've mentioned a couple of things, you know, like back then it (laughs) was nursery school. Back then it was two classes. Back then it was a formal application. Let's talk about how it's changed over the years. So how over these 50 years have you seen the preschool progress and become what it is today? Well, for one thing, we have a lot more space than we did in Espen Shade Road. So we have 18 classes now. We've not always had 18 classes, but we have 18 classes now, so it's a little different. I would say, too, the dynamics of preschool have changed over the years, just the family dynamics. So we have, you know, more stay-at-home moms back then, but now I would say that that's less the case now, or at least they're working part-time. Dads are more involved. We have a lot lot of dads that are either the primary caregiver during the day for their children and are the ones that pick up and drop off, or grandparents. We have a lot of grandparents that are involved as well. I would say we're more focused on state standards now. There's a lot of things that we've kind of stepped up, just seeing the need of where our preschoolers need to be when they graduate from Calvary Preschool, going into whether it be a public school or a private school. So we're looking at state standards. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have a set curriculum, but we definitely have a scope and sequence that follows those standards. Sure. Uh, So yeah, a lot of things look a little bit different than they did initially. Just the materials we use now, Mm -hmm. too, are a totally different standard than what was even available back then. Mm -hmm. You know, we used materials, but the standard now and the availability is so much greater now. And... Uh, that's very cool and very makes learning more interesting and mm-hmm. more fun. So I think that would be another aspect. And the quality of teachers, they've always held a very high standard for the teachers, always. And that has been a real asset. In fact, when people would ask me, well, what makes your school so great? I'd say it's our teachers. It's our staff. Mm-hmm. Because they are what make it come alive. Whatever your curriculum or whatever your scope and sequence or your materials, it's really the teachers that make it come alive to the students. Yeah. I would also add that I think what sets Calvary Preschool apart from many of the other local preschools is 
that we do teach the Bible. That is the core of what we do. Yeah. And the teachers we hire are teaching the Bible, so they have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So that's probably of utmost importance to us over the years of hiring. And we have people that have ministry mindsets coming in as teachers, and that has made such an impact in so many of our families' lives over the years. Yeah. When I would meet other directors, they didn't want to scare people away. They had to like, you know, tiptoe around that whole thing. And I said, but you know what? I pray every year that God will send the families that need to hear the gospel Mm. to our school. And I said, since you're not teaching the Bible in your school, that's why God sends them to our school. Because that's what we pray, is that the families that need to hear about the Lord will come to Calvary Preschool and to their children, and they can hear about the Lord. And as Susan said, that is the top priority. Yeah. And um, I challenge them, you know, teach the Bible. (laughs) Maybe your enrollment won't go up if you teach the Bible. And it has gone up consistently. And having wait lists and families that call like in the fall, when is enrollment for next year? (laughs) You know, so it's it is bringing glory to God by doing that. But he's blessed us as a result. So yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Jody, you said it was always meant to be an outreach. <laughs> so if it was 60-40, is that number still the same? Or what are you seeing as far as like connected to Calvary, not connected with Calvary in enrollment? It's interesting. I would say it still kind of ends up being that way. So many of our families may not go to Calvary, but they may go to other churches. Okay. We do have families of different faiths that come, which we love seeing. And Mm -hmm. we have families that don't know Jesus at all that come because of our reputation in Mm -hmm. the community. We have a very good reputation with our school districts and with our community. So it probably ends up shaking out to still be 60-40. Okay. I have the opportunity to uh, volunteer at the West Connection Center on Sundays. And it is so fun to see our families come in to church because their children are comfortable in the classrooms. Yes. So... I was just talking to a family that their children attended our preschool for years and they were Catholic, Mm. but they started coming to Calvary because their children love the Sunday school and love the classrooms. They're, they're comfortable here. Yeah. So one of the reasons that we do our graduation in the sanctuary was to get the parents in the sanctuary Mm. because if they feel comfortable coming in and sitting through their three or four year olds graduation in a sanctuary, then maybe they're more likely to come back. Sure. And sit in a service because they've already been there once and it makes it an easier transition for them Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. I mean, if we talk about our vision and values as a church, I mean, going into God's world includes both local and global. And so let's talk a little bit about how Calvary Preschool accomplishes that in the local community. Susan, you said that we have a really good reputation in the community and with the school districts. So why is that important and what does it look like to cultivate that community and that reputation? Well, it's it's your reputation and it's also glorifying God by how we're treating others, how we love on our families. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been very important. I think for all 50 years that we've been in existence, just coming alongside families. I know more recently we have more families with children with needs and Mm -hmm. just walking alongside these parents as they're going through evaluations or trying to figure out what next steps are. And they, they know they're cared about and their children are cared about. And so as a result, they say to their friends, this is a great school for that reason. So I think they see the hands and 
feet of Jesus in action at our preschool. Maybe they don't have that relationship with Jesus, but they sense it and feel it. And I think that's really cool. Um, With the school districts, they just see the product coming out. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the children leaving here are, are prepared. Yeah. And I've heard teachers say, I knew, I knew that child went to Calvary because this child knew, Mm. you know, so that's really good to hear when you hear those things that the school districts realize we're a quality program. Definitely. Because you have so many special needs kids, you also have a really good relationship with places like IU 13. Yes, we do. Yeah. So tell them about that. Yeah, we have a very strong relationship with IU 13. So IU 13, if people don't know, is intermediate unit and our area is 13. And they are an agency that works with early childhood all the way through high school until they're 21, actually. So if children are identified as having some needs, they can provide um, services such as occupational therapy or speech therapy or even itinerant teaching where the teachers are pushing in. So a lot of times children are coming into our environment never having been in a school environment, and we're identifying needs that the child might have that maybe they're not adapting as well as, you know, other children their age are, or there's just some different needs. So that's when we involve IU 13. So we'll ask the parents if they would be willing to get them evaluated and then if they're getting services. So IU 13 is in our school four to five days a week right now, working with children. Okay. And they can't tell parents to go here, but they'll say, hey, I know of some good schools and this is a good one. So we end up getting a lot of children as a result of IU 13, not directly, but as a result, which has been a blessing. But they also have been a huge blessing to our staff, too, because they're pushing into our classrooms. They're helping us out. We have one that works with us. She goes to Calvary here. So it's, oh, cool. it's really cool. And they are hearing the Bible, too. So even if they're not believers, they're hearing it, too. Right. So some of them send their children here. It's been a really neat relationship. Now we host IU 13 for a speech class. So outside members of the community come in to take speech at Calvary. So they're walking through our doors for that, too. They don't go to our preschool, but they come into Calvary. Yeah. So, and that's been a really neat opportunity as well. Yeah, what a great opportunity to get them in the building and even comfortable with their surroundings, as Jody said earlier, with bringing parents into the auditorium. Yes, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, it's neat. Yeah, and if I'm incorrect, you can correct me, but you also help with like when a child is transitioning to kindergarten. Do you do like transition meetings and things like that as yes. well? Yes. Cheyenne Sieber, we were able, very blessed to hire her as our inclusion specialist. So she is directly working with these families and does help with the transition process from pre-K into kindergarten. And we actually have transition meetings with IU 13. So she's involved in a lot of those meetings. A lot of times I'll sit in on them as well. So yes, just walking them through. And in years past, my oldest son is on the autism spectrum. So I've walked it as a parent as well. Mm. So I have a special place in my heart for some of these families and what they're going through. And going into those first meetings, it's daunting for some of our families. So I've actually gone to their IEP meetings at their elementary school just Mm. to just be there Mm -hmm. and to help them through the process. So that's been helpful too over the years. Yeah, because if you think about it, they're just at the beginning of this process. And I mean, how much of a blessing it must be to so many of them to start while their kids are young. Yeah. So that they're kind of getting their feet wet right at the beginning as the IU walks them through all of school. Right. Um, But yeah, that's got to be so overwhelming at the start because 
you're brand new to all of it. And it's hard. It's it's a grieving process for our parents, too. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard thing mm-hmm. to go yeah. through. Yeah. Are you ever involved in any of those transitional like phases for your students who are typically developing? We have many typically developing children that might need like little things like occupational therapy just sure. to help them out with that. Sure. But other things, yeah, I mean... I think along the way, and you could probably speak to this too with in the past with having parent meetings and things like that. We do, yes, they'll come to us, especially, here's an example. If the parent is questioning whether or not to send their child to kindergarten or mm-hmm. hold them for another year, I do have a lot of conversations with families about that. Mm-hmm. And we do have, our teachers do conferences with our families too, just to t- kind of talk them through where they are developmentally and what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, I guess so, a little bit. We had a parent meeting that was a panel that included medical people, kindergarten teachers, that kind of thing. So parents could come and ask questions of a panel Mm. of professionals in all these different areas, too. That's been a big help. They enjoyed that. They really liked that. Yeah. I know in Calvary Kids, we talk a lot about what it looks like to partner with parents. Yes. That can mean a lot of different things. And a lot of times we talk about that in the sense of discipleship. What does it look like from a preschool perspective to partner with parents? And how is that both discipleship and outreach? Partnering with your parents is part of our mission statement at Calvary Preschool. So we take that very seriously. For instance, if we do say, hey, we might want to look at getting an evaluation done on your child, and, and the parent says no, we have to respect what the parent wants. Mm-hmm. So it is important to respect them. But also just coming alongside them, caring for them, um, showing them the love of Jesus if they don't know who Jesus is, is part of our role. I think all of my teachers take that very seriously as well. Mm-hmm. We pray for our families every morning. We have a time of devotion as a staff, and we'll pray through classes and pray for families that we know are struggling or having problems, um, which is a really sweet time to be able to do that. And pray for each other as well. Of course. I think teachers, they're on the front lines, and they get to see what the kids are going through. And uh, one teacher, the father uh, had walked away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was able to give the parents one of Tim Keller's books. Oh, okay. And he read it, and it's what drew him back to the Lord and brought them back to church again and to attending church. So I think the teachers, they're the ones that see these kids every day. They see the struggles they're going through, mm-hmm. and they come alongside the families. It's not just educating the preschoolers, it's ministering to the whole family. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that see them, you know, on a daily basis in some cases and regularly and see changes in the children. And so get to ask the parents, you know, hey, what's happening? How can we help and what can we do? And they're the vital ones that really are connecting with these parents and helping them and walking alongside them through really difficult times, whether it's a child with a special need or behavior issues or uh, loss in the family, that's when they come alongside them. Yeah. And then I think in the flip side, sometimes how the teachers are ministering to the children, the children take home the gospel to their parents. And Mm -hmm. we've seen that on several occasions where teachers are doing the resurrection eggs with the kids They go through the whole Easter story and the child will take home those resurrection eggs and do them for their parents who do not know the Lord. And it's amazing to see. And then the parents will say, is this true? Is this right? And that's, that's really neat too. So. Yeah. You could probably talk for hours (laughs) about, you know, how you've seen the Lord work in Calvary preschool with a 50 year history, but I would love to just give you both the opportunity to share 
some stories about how you have seen people take next steps towards Jesus, whether it is the kids or the families, staff, whoever it is, how have you seen people pursue Jesus because of Calvary Preschool? Well, one of the stories that came up in a discussion of this um, was a family where the mother died unexpectedly Mm. and very suddenly. And one of the aides said, let's make meals for them. Let's come alongside them. And they encouraged them and sent cards to them. And Later, the father brought these children back to church. He said, this is the safe place for them. This Mm. is where they feel safe. And the child went running down the hallway to his classroom for Sunday school. And the teacher that was telling me the story, she said, they're now teenagers, and they still come and hug her when they see her. Because this was a safe place for them. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of the turmoil and grieving at home, they could come here. Another mom, they had a fire in their home, and they made meals for her, and she would drop her children off and take meals home. And when she came to the time where they didn't need the meals anymore, they kept the extra ones in the freezer. So when there was another family that needed them, they were ready right away. Wow. So it's just ministering to them in physical needs as well. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, too, of, well... My dog actually came from this family. Uh, We had a family here. They were not believers. And their children, I think actually this little girl was in Carol Keller's class as well. Anyway, these teachers do such an intentional job with teaching the Bible. And she was doing the Easter story. And this little girl came home and shared it with her mom. And her mom must have just had a really tender heart. And she's like, wanted to know more. So she went back to the teacher to learn more and became a follower of Jesus and started wow. attending here, which is so cool. It just touches your heart through, you know, from the mouths of babes, you know, right. that they are sharing with their family. The yeah. word goes home. Then she started working as an aide for our preschool, which is neat too. And that's what I've noticed over the years too, is some of our ladies who come in, they may not be where others are in their faith walk, mm-hmm. maybe in their beginning stages and how you watch it deepen as they're there because they feel comfortable sharing their prayer concerns and know they're being prayed for. Yeah, We have a couple ladies on staff, I call them our prayer warriors, who will just go alongside them and say, I was praying for you this morning. I have one of my ladies that comes in over the summer even and says, I was praying specifically for these things for you. And when someone comes up and says that to you as a staff member, you feel so treasured mm-hmm. and cared for. And families, she does the same thing for our families. One of her students, when she got to an older grade, she had a writing assignment. And her mother brought the writing assignment back into the preschool teacher she had had. And in this writing assignment, she talked about the Bible stories. And this was her introduction to the Bible stories was in preschool and had such an impact on her life that as she grew older, that still was so meaningful. And the teacher said, they might not remember me, but if they remember the Bible stories, That's what it's all about, and just planting the Word in their hearts. We did have another family. They were of a different faith, and the parent called the teacher aside and said, I I want my child to be taken out during the Bible time. And the teacher said, "We, we can't do that. There'd be nobody to watch him, and the Bible's woven all through the whole lesson. So the teacher kind of thought, well, this is the end of that. But no, the mom kept the child in class, and that was the one student that knew the verse every week. That was the one student that knew 
all of the stories every week. And that was a one student that went home and told his family about the Lord, even though they didn't even believe the Bible. It actually just makes me think of another family that we have just been praying for. And they they're Muslim. And we've had several Muslim families that send their children to Calvary Preschool because we're conservative in their eyes and we're moral. Like that's what they're interested in. One one family over the years, she was walking out with her son and she said, we've got to get you back to mosque because you know more about Jesus now than you do about Muhammad. So I thought that was powerful. I'm like, yeah. that's good. Yeah. And this other family, they asked us for prayer. Mm even though they were Muslim and, you know, but they knew we would pray for them. Mm-hmm. And even our, our parents, they are the light out in the parking lot. Yes. So one day, one of our global partners was bringing her children into school. And she said, I heard this mother reprimand her child in a different language that I knew. <gasps> they were from the same country. And so she went over and talked to this mom and developed a relationship with her and I think she did Bible studies with her and everything and just walked with this mom through through life just by meeting her in the parking lot and being able to understand her language because she wasn't an American. Hmm. It sounds like there have just been so many instances where families have found care and community through Calvary Preschool where they probably weren't even expecting it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Agree. What kinds of events do you do throughout the year that are both outreach for families, but maybe are also fun for the students where parents are getting to come in and interact and be a part of what's happening in their kids' classes? There's a lot of them. (laughs) And they've changed over the years. So tell them about the ones you do now. Yes. So this was actually Jody's brainchild many years ago. So in celebrating the 50th anniversary. For years, we had done a harvest fair with the church, Mm -hmm. church church-wide, but it started with the preschool. So for our 50th, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do a harvest fair just for our families? So we did that in October, at the end of October, and it was so fun. It was so fun to see our families come out. We had a lot of families that came out. We had games for the children inside the gym, some cotton candy, which was fun to sugar them up. Oh, I but, bet. <laughs> yeah. And then we also had food trucks, which was really fun. Oh, and that's such a good idea. Yeah. And one of our families lives on a farmette and they brought their animals for a petting zoo. So, it, oh my goodness. It was so fun. And we were just thinking, just a once and done thing. So many of my families came up afterwards and said they had such a fun time fellowshipping with one another. Kids enjoyed each other playing. They were up on the playground, down in the gym, that they asked, are you going to do it again next year? And our student groups helped out, which was awesome. So I just feel like that was such a way of not only our preschool community, but also our church community could be involved. That was really fun. And that was something that Jody had come up with years ago. So I'll let you speak to that, Jody. Well, it was a combination. My husband wanted to do something, and so we did this together. And the first year, we had 200 people came big deal down at the farmhouse, but it just kept growing and growing and growing. And every year we had some kind of a witness there, whether it was Steve Courtney, thank the musician and different people like that, that would come. And so the gospel was presented and they continued that until, until we left, left and went to Cambodia. Yeah. They continued that, I think maybe for another year or two after we left. I think it got so big too. It, it was almost really to the point. Big. Yeah. Like thousands were mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just kept it to our kids and our families and our preschool. Yeah. The other things we do now 
at Calvary Preschool, which Jody did in her tenure there too, Thanksgiving programs. So instead of Christmas programs where things get so crazy and busy, mm-hmm. we um, it was decided to do Thanksgiving programs instead. So our classes do little songs and finger plays, things like that in front of their families. We do just a few classes at a time that come up and it's just a fun time for grandparents to come in and, and then they go down and fellowship in the classrooms afterwards. Yeah. So, and I always started off with prayer and I know Jody did too. And another big thing that we do every year is a pre-K graduation. And during that, we actually share the gospel. We're very intentional about sharing the gospel with our families. So usually it's one of our pastors or someone on staff that will come and speak and share the gospel. And this year will be a fun one because we're going to have a birthday party afterwards. Oh, that'll be amazing. Yeah, be fun. Yeah. And I'm also like thinking what a great way, not just for individual families to be able to hear the truth of the gospel, but also to interact with one another and to learn from one another and to cultivate that care within a larger community as well. Yeah. Which is so fun. How many families total do you have in the preschool right now? So we have 235 children okay. at our preschool. Okay. Um, so some are siblings. So sure. I would guesstimate like a good 200 and 200. 210, something yeah. like that. That's a lot of families. It is a lot of families. So when you have events like this, that's a lot of people that are coming out. I would guess that we had close to 500 at our harvest fair. Wow. So, and that wasn't everybody that could come, but right. it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then how many do you average at the graduations each year? That's like lots. Yeah. I would say, I would guess five, 600. Wow. That's a lot of people hearing the gospel. It is. It's very cool. Yeah. The other fun thing that we do that's kind of a community thing is we have community helpers days. Okay. In the past, we've had mounted police come, the canine units come in, and then our firefighters come in. Yep. And this year, one of the firefighters said he was asking me specific questions about our church. So I was able to share with him like, okay, these are when our services are, and you know, we'd love to have your family come. But we always make sure we give them coffee and cookies when they come. And we just appreciate them coming every year. And our Mm -hmm. kids really enjoy that. So that's a way that, you know, I think they feel comfortable coming here too. But that's another community thing that we do. Of course. And our parents, we love to have our parents participate in those days. So they come in and will help us with the community helpers days, walk around with their children. And that's fun too. Yeah. What do you do to help the kids integrate with the staff? Jody actually had this idea when she was back from Cambodia. She said, you know, you should adopt a staff member. So this past year, Cheyenne actually was the one that kind of led that. And she reached out to all of our staff at Calvary and said, would you like to adopt the classroom? And so you've done it as well, Monica, yeah, this year. Yep. Um, so that's been so fun to see our staff members be a part of the class. And they do different things. They'll come down and read a book, maybe eat lunch with some of our classes that have lunch here, um, help out with the Thanksgiving program like you did this past year, yep. um, which is fun. Even cook with our classes. So that's been a really neat thing so that our staff is seeing what we're doing downstairs and we know what everybody's doing upstairs. So they're bringing their strengths and some of their fun things that they can do with our classes as well. So that's been great. Yeah. I told you, Jody. I think it's an awesome idea. And it's been so fun for me to be able to use some of the skills that I use for my job every day to be able to help out my preschool class. We learned a song that we sang for the Thanksgiving program. And it was so fun to be able to like hear them singing God's word. And I just think it's so cool that they're getting to rub shoulders with people who love Jesus and who are displaying what it looks like to be a follower of him to them at such a young age. 
Yeah, even our facility staff has gotten in on it. So, I love that. Yes. So John sent George. He went in and did pretzels with a class. And they love that. I and bet. Then, then he had surgery and they all did cards for him. So just Aww. it's just been really a sweet, sweet thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. As you think about the future, what are your hopes for CPS going forward? And where do you sense God leading as you seek to continue to impact families with the gospel? Community has been a big thing. And and just seeing the response to the Harvest Fair, I think when we had the lockdown with COVID, it changed a lot of things. I even think social media has changed a lot with our family. So just having direct connection and fellowship with one another, I think is huge. And one of the things that's been really on my heart that I've been praying about, like how God would lead us with the preschool One of my moms came to me this year and asked to start a moms in prayer group, which is great. So we've started that this year, but I'd like to go a step further and have more opportunities for our families just to hear more of the word, be together, fellowship with one another. One of the things we're kind of thinking about, you ever heard of parents of preschoolers or mothers of preschoolers Mm -hmm. program? Yep. So that's something that we had talked about, but I would love to do it more seeker friendly so that it's, and then open it up to parents and grandparents, not just moms. But if we could have a wider group that would participate in those things just as a part of fellowship and starting it off with it being seeker friendly, more of a fellowship opportunity, and then introducing the word of God as you're going through it. That's something that excites me. I would just love to see more of that in our preschool community. I think that's an awesome idea and something that we can be praying for as you move forward and navigate through the best next steps with that. Yeah. Jody, as you've stayed connected with the preschool over the years, what are some things that you've been praying for as you have seen the way that God has been leading? Well, I do pray for Susan. She got a role that she never expected to have. And so I pray for her. And I just pray for the continued prayer of um, people needing to hear the Lord, but just that it would stay faithful and stay consistent. God has been faithful to us that we would stay faithful to him and to his word and to proclaiming his word. And then for those children to reach out and those families to reach out. And for parents who are already believers to be willing to be salt and light Mm -hmm. to these parents that they stand in the hall with waiting for their children at at pickup time and, and see in the parking lot and at Harvest Fair and things like that, that they would just be bold in their testimony to these unsafe families. Yeah, for sure. Well, I am so thankful after hearing you both talk. I'm so thankful for the ways that God has blessed Calvary Preschool for the last 50 years and so excited for what the next 50 years are going to look like. I am sure that he has so many plans and I just can't wait to see them come to fruition. So thank you both for taking the time to share this story and allowing us to celebrate with you the 50th birthday of CPS. It's so exciting. And yeah, I'm just so thankful for both of you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Pursuing Life. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click the plus or follow button. This way you'll always stay up to date when new episodes release. We look forward to meeting you back here next time to hear more ways God is at work as we pursue life in Christ together. Until then, have a great week.